Hello and welcome to The Plants We Eat, a podcast where we examine the history, culture, and science behind the plants that we use for food. My name is Jeff Gilman. I'm the director of the UNC Charlotte Botanical Gardens and a plant history enthusiast. And I'm Cindy Proctor, part-time instructor at Central Piedmont in Charlotte and a garden coach enthusiast who loves helping others achieve their gardening goals. It changes every week. I know. So you know what? Today we've got a really exciting plant. I mean, I was— This was my idea, too. It was your idea. This uh, was—I want to give Cindy full credit for picking out this plant, and it is the clove. And you know what? It is totally clove season. It is. And that's why I picked it. It came to mind when you asked me, hey, what do you want to talk about next? Because I love pumpkin pie so much. I could eat my way out of one if you made one like as big as myself. I could eat my way out. And um, and cloves just aren't used in pumpkin pie spice, but I love eggnog. Oh, eggnog is still, yeah. Yeah, and then it's um, an apple recipe. I had an eggnog latte the other day, which was amazing. Was it? It was. That's really good. Teas. Do you like, so here's how I, I I'm with you on everything. <laughs> okay, did you know it was used in chicken marsala? And I actually had no idea. Yes, it's a, okay. okay. Okay, sorry, go ahead. But I, I just wanted to ask you one thing, because this is my favorite thing to do as a kid, and I still like it. Mm-hmm. Do you ever take cloves and punch them into oranges? Yes. The, I love doing that. I do too. It's just fun. It is. Now, when you did that, did you know what that was exactly? That the they clove? were cloves? I had no idea. You know it's just a bud on a tree. You know something? I have to admit, and, and I, I'm a little bit embarrassed by this. Okay. But I've never thought about what the clove was. I and, never and, did and either. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a PhD horticulturist. Um, I've done this my entire life. And when I find out something, I, I can't believe that it's taken until now for me to be this curious about this plant. I think it's because it's not used as much. I mean, I know I rattled off a bunch of things we use it for, but that's only during the holidays. We don't use it much, you know, any other time. And it just sits there in the cabinet and it looks weird. Exactly. But once you look at it and know that it's a flower bud, mm-hmm. that's when it really gets interesting for me. You it know. is. There, buds as a whole aren't used Mm-mm. for a whole lot of for a whole lot of things. Um, and I get it because it's so pungent. You know, mm-hmm. the taste is so powerful. It's aromatic, and so in the bud form, you get it. But it's still strange. Mm-hmm. It, it it is. Mm-hmm. I, I was so it, it was fascinating. When, as soon as I found out, it it made sense thinking about it. it did, but until me too. I found out, it was well. Now, where does the word clove come from? Well. The uh, English name derives from the Spanish clavo, the Latin clavis, or the French clou, which means <laughs> nail. 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 Okay, there you go. Like, because it looks like a nail. Um, so the clove is actually a huge genus, uh, about 1,500 species. Most are shrubs. Cloves are, are shrubs. And there aren't many with economic importance besides the clove. Uh, most are tropical or subtropical. Do you know what family it's from? Not offhand. The no. myrtle family. Oh, is it a that that is fascinating. It is. You should so when you look at the tree itself, you're gonna look at it. And by the way, wax myrtles are everywhere on right. this part yeah. of the country in the south. So you're gonna look at it and you're like, man, that looks familiar. What does that uh-huh. look like that <laughs> I know? And as soon as you find out it's from the Myrtle family, boom, you're you're there. This, so doing the research for the clove actually brought together a lot of a lot of different things for me. Um this is of all the shows we've done so far, I have to tell you, I think that I learned more from looking at the clove than I have it for any of the other, from the other plants. So 
we know that cloves have been used for at least 4,000 years. Um, and they originally come from the Spice Islands, which are also known as the Malaku Islands in the Pacific off the coast of New Guinea. Uh, this group of islands was called the Spice Islands because this is, you know, obviously where cloves come from, but it's also where nutmeg mm -hmm. and mace come from. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, well, what's mace? Mace is actually part of nutmeg. It's not a common spice anymore. But if you look for it, you can, mm -hmm. you can find it. Um, clove, you know, last week we talked about vanilla being uh, relatively rare. Clove is not really a rare spice. It's uh, relatively easily found. Well, it was at one time. Clove was just at those spice islands. Uh, yes, at one time it mm -hmm. was. But now it's grown all over the world. You know, it's actually grown all over the world because of one guy. I don't know if you, you found this guy, but it, the guy's name was Pierre Poivre. He was French. He <laughs> was, uh, it, it used to be, um, these, these islands, the Spice Islands, um, used to have, uh, you know, really a monopoly on cloves. And this guy, Pierre Poivre, what, what he did was he uh, basically stole these. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, I should mention that it was the Dutch mm -hmm. who had control of these islands. Mm -hmm. So the Dutch had essentially a monopoly on this. But then this Frenchman stole these, these, these trees and took them somewhere else. And so here's, here's what I find really, really interesting. He took these clove plants to other islands, but the interesting island that he took uh, clove to was Reunion. Hmm. And do you remember Reunion from last week? Mm -hmm. That was where vanilla was grown. Mm -hmm. So Reunion Island for the French was a very big deal because it was producing vanilla. It was producing clove and uh, producing nutmeg mm -hmm. later on as well. So Reunion Island, a very important spice island uh, for the French. So cloves are primarily produced in that area of the world, Indonesia is the leading clove producer. Now, Indonesia, I, I just think this is really interesting. You tell me whether it's interesting or not. <laughs> Indonesia, of course, produces cloves for the normal clove purposes, but it also produces cloves for the purpose of smoking clove cigarettes. I know. I read that, and I have Don't to— you re Do you remember clove cigarettes? No. I, ha I have to admit, though, I am a former smoker, and okay. that just burned my lungs <laughs> thinking about it, thinking about the clove cigarettes. But, yes, I read that they are very popular. Well, here's the thing. So the United States did away with flavored cigarettes in 2009, and it, it prohibits the sale of flavored cigarettes in the United States, with the exception of menthol. So you can't mm -hmm. sell flavored cigarettes in the U.S., but you can sell flavored cigars. So you still can find clove-flavored oh, cigars. Okay. So here's the interesting thing about clove cigarettes, and this is how I remember it from when I was a kid. Um, clove cigarettes were what a bunch of newer smokers would smoke. Mm -hmm. And you say to yourself, that just sounds so strong, but mm -hmm. clove is known as something that numbs your gums for mm -hmm. dentists. And there's actually a study out there which theorizes that clove cigarettes were popular among new users of cigarettes because the cloves would actually numb your lungs and allow you to smoke more. Because clove oh. cigarettes are not cloves alone. Mm -hmm. They're cloves along with mm -hmm. tobacco. Hmm. So I, I found that uh, really, really interesting. Besides, um, besides dulling pain in your mouth, it can also cause permanent visual damage if it gets into your eyes, which probably no big surprise. The primary oil in cloves is eugenol. And this is important because eugenol can be used to make vanillin, mm -hmm. you know, vanilla. Mm -hmm. But um, it's also been discussed as a treatment for Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, depression, and some other 
diseases. The thing about eugenol, though, and this clove oil, is that often because it's you know part of a spice, it's considered safe. And let me tell you something. If there is one essential oil that you don't want to mess with, it's clove oil. Mm-hmm. Besides it being a spice, I want to name something else that it's used in, and I'll get back to this a little bit later uh, and how this has to do with consumer reports. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get that in a minute. Um, eugenol, or clovile, has also been used as an organic herbicide. You may have heard of it as an organic herbicide. Yes. So I want to get back to that a little bit later. So it can be used as a spice. Obviously, it has some potential medical application, and it can be used as an herbicide. But you have to understand that this stuff has the potential to be very toxic. There's a case of ingestion of oil of cloves where a, a boy about two years old drank five to 10 milliliters. And by the way, that's one to two teaspoons. And that ended up uh, being a near-death episode. It resulted in a coma, um, fits, and acute liver damage. Um, this, it actually apparently isn't, and this is the doctor speaking, not me, this isn't unlike the syndrome produced when you take too much acetaminophen. By the way, this was from a paper called Near-Fatal Ingestion of Oil of Cloves from 1993 by uh, Gary Hartnall, David Moore, and Daniel Duke. That's one of the clearest ones, but there's also, there's another report where a 15-month-old boy developed, you know, basically liver failure after having 10 milliliters, which is two teaspoons. In 1984 and 1985, the CDC had 11 case reports of um, acute respiratory problems, including two deaths that occurred very uh, close to when um, young adults smoked clove cigarettes, and that seems to have been part of the problem. Clove oil, and specifically eugenol, has potentially some very, very serious effects on the human body. Having said that, Consumer Reports a couple of years ago, and this is a little pet problem of mine, so I'm sorry for spinning off in this direction, but <laughs> Consumer Reports reported how eugenol or clove oil was a, a great alternative to Roundup because it was basically just as effective and certainly much safer. <sighs> let me, let me, right, exactly, exactly. And I, I wrote to them and they actually wrote me a nasty letter back saying, okay, we'll recommend people don't drink it next time. I mean, it was yeah. actually deeply disturbing to yeah. me what they wrote. Um, look, I am not saying that people should go out and use Roundup. I'm not calling Roundup safe, but Roundup is definitely more effective than eugenol. Eugenol is purely what's called a contact poison. In other words, it kills the part of the plant it touches and nothing else, whereas Roundup is systemic. It kills the entire plant. Mm-hmm. Roundup is certainly more effective at killing the plant. And in terms of danger to the human body, um, if you get a little bit of Roundup in your eye, I'm not saying it's good. You won't have permanent damage. Eugenol can have permanent damage. Mm-hmm. Eugenol can kill you. Um, and if you get it around your children, um, you know, the two cases I just pointed out show obvious situations mm-hmm. um, where it had, you know, an impact on, on children's lives. Eugenol uh, clove oil is no joke. I'm not going to recommend Roundup to you, but I would use Roundup before I would use clove oil. <laughs> um, just it's, it's, it has the potential to be. Um, well, it has a purpose. It has yeah. one purpose and one purpose only. Yes. That, yes. With a lot of research behind it. And, exactly. Yes. Anyway, so that's, that's my little spinning off on, uh, on the dangers of eugenol there. So, so uh, you know, ahead. you can't grow a clove tree very easily. 
Unless you're near the equator. No, you really can't. And you wouldn't try it at home. And usually I I never say this, but this is going to be one of those things that you could try it at home, but it's going to take like 20 years to produce a crop. Nonetheless, if you're near the equator, one tree grows about 40 feet tall and can give you seven pounds. Wow. I know. I would, uh, you know, we do not have one in the, uh, in I'm our surprised. greenhouse. I know. I, I would love, and actually after reading this, of course, if we'd had one, I wouldn't have been so clueless on exactly what a clue Well, was. you probably wouldn't have seen it bloom. No, Maybe. probably not. But I am, uh, after, after going through this, I, I need to find out the maximum height, which the maximum height seems to be around 30 feet, but I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if we might be able to get one a little bit smaller. At 30 feet, it would max out the room in our greenhouse. Well, but I don't think it needs to grow that tall to produce cloves. So I think you can, you know, keep it short. Keep it short, but it's the age, you know, of the tree itself. And what's interesting, too, is that there's some skill, as there is with a lot of these things mm-hmm. we cover. But uh, it's not just picking it at bud stage. They have to be at a pink, you know, okay. stage. Be, and they ha- you have to get them right before they blossom or um, they have like a bitter uh, taste to it. So they have to be harvested quickly, you know. Um, but I want you to try. I want you to uh, get we one need, in the greenhouse. We need to. I we know. need to. Now that I, now that I see it, I, uh, I'm fully aware of, of what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> I could just be so mean, but I won't. <laughs> but you won't. Yeah. I won't. Yeah. yeah, you would never. You would never dream of doing that. No, 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 no. So, uh, what do you think? What do you think we ought to talk about next time on the show? You know, I'm glad you asked because I want to talk about saffron. Saffron. Yes. You know, we've been talking about some pricey spices, and saffron takes the cake. But, I, it, but you also can grow it. Now, I've read, and we're going to have to check this. You know, I haven't looked at this recently. I've read that saffron can go for up to six thousand dollars a pound. I didn't. I don't know that. I, I don't know. I, that I don't, to we're going to have to look that up. Okay, I we'll mean, this, find this out. is something I, I'm, I'm, you know, grabbing from memory. Okay. All right, we'll look that up for next week. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been a production of UNC Charlotte Botanical Gardens, along with College of Liberal Arts and Sciences, also at University of North Carolina at Charlotte, and the Isle Group. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.